Hello, my name is Ken, and I'm your podcast preacher. Welcome to my podcast, Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in and through our lives. So I initially tried to record this message, which was titled, Did We Fall Out of Our Cribs in Heaven? And in my attempt to combine that seven-message series into one, I renamed it The Pavers of Christianity. But after my review and revision to the original message, it ended up being longer than the seven-part series. Since I could not get the message reduced down to an hour, which is a software limitation and not my own, I deleted the message and decided to pout and remind God that I did not like wasting time and that I was frustrated. So it didn't take me long to get to the place where I could ask God for His perspective. He first reminded me that I have read books that were short, so a short message is okay. Then he stated to record one opening and use it for the following six subjects. Be perfect, be sinless, be pure, be righteous, be blameless, and be holy. So if those topics sound familiar, that's because they're covered in the message titled Gorilla Bananas. But I've gone into depth in these in this message. So don't be thrown off in that you will hear this opening six times. But each of the aforementioned topics will be discussed separate and apart from each other. So what makes you different from those who are not Christians? Just to head off the missiles, I will say that it is not effort or works on your part. Now let's see if we can answer that question. I can guess that some of you might say that God is in you, of course, right? Or I get to live in heaven with God. Well, yes, that's what makes me different. And for some, you might say I don't have to go to hell, and that's different enough for me. But no, yes, and that is not where I'm going with this message. Getting to know God is one of the greatest privileges ever bestowed upon mankind. But even that has a set of prerequisites. Good morning and get in the podcast caddy. We are about to drive the drive few, if any of us, ever thought was possible. Okay, so what things? That is, behaviors. Separate a sheep from the goats. Matthew 25:32. Well, now is a good time to consider that God will be asking us to do things here that are all but impossible. No, he won't. He will be asking us to be. And no, we cannot do something to become these things. But we must believe in faith that what was necessary to inherit these pavers was done by Jesus, by his death, his three-day UFC rumble in the belly of the earth, and his resurrection of which he himself stated that he is the resurrection. John 11:25. So the Bible states, I am 1,864 times in the New King James Version. I am is a state of being. It is not a state of doing, but being. I am that I am. It's one of the more well-known I am's in all of eternity. Exodus 3.14 But so by the rumble from the center of the earth, Jesus did not win us this title, which by who he is, as it only applies to him. Yes, to God and Jesus. We are God's kids of the I am, but not the I am's ourselves. Now the following attribute is important for us to bring about, but not for him. It just requires us to understand the revelation knowledge that we became this attribute on the day of our spiritual birth. Only John the Baptist may have become this attribute while still in his mother's belly. Luke 1.41 And so, but when we fall away from the original definition of this attribute, we also have an advocate who squares away our mess and asks that we get going again. 1 John 2.1 My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
We are different from the unsaved peeps by a lot. Jesus tells us that we are gods. He said it, and I just have to agree with it in my heart and in faith, in order for things to work out as they do in heaven, and as they did on earth in his ministry. We are cut from the same cloth as our Lord and Savior. Surely we can allow God to bring us through, right? It truly is about the level of revelation we are able to understand, our belief and application of faith, the level of our spiritual maturity, and if we are truly sold out to God, seeking Him in every step of our breath. Short of these things, I believe there is still room for the rest of us to catch up. We just need to muster the faith so that we can relish the... (laughs) Okay, Ken. It's morning and I'm not in the mood for a hot dog. Right. It is this catching up or growing up and maturing that we will eventually get to a place whereby we understand the knowledge of God and wisdom and understanding. It's time to pave. But first we must establish something very spectacular for you to know about yourself, and that is that you are the home of God. Yes, he can be in two places at once, in you and in heaven. This is important because this attribute manifests through you, because he is in you, and you are in him. The Temple of God, 1 Corinthians 3, 16-17 Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 2 Corinthians 6.16 And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Revelations 21.22 But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The title of this message is Sinless. Poof. I don't even know how to spell. Poof. But if I could, it would look like P-F-W-A-E-H. <laughs> Did you say sinless, Ken? Oh, yes. Oh, but you meant like after I can no longer be hurt because I'm dirt, right? Nope. I mean based on the journey we are continuing in as Christian peeps. A storied analogy. Like a cheetah chasing down a hamster at full speed, sin can do the same to you. And if it catches up to you, you should not partake of its delicacies. Rebuke it, rebuke it, rebuke it. There is power in the name of Jesus. You see, while we were dancing in it, that is sin, God called forth his seed buried deep in our hearts, placed in us before the earth was ever formed. And we got to experience being born again while wallowing in sin up to our necks. Go ahead and thank the person who planted and watered the word of God resting as seed in your heart. Now some of us were under completely, wallowing in all. So yes, sin is horrible, but it has a side that is attractive, right? I mean, otherwise, if we saw it for what it is, and, for example, the murder sin, look like murder instead of truffles, we could easily avoid it in our own strength, right? I mean, who would want to partake of something that looked like murder? I know some do. But even if they could see the horrors that sin creates, and has created since its inception into humanity, they might even be so inclined as to avoid it. Let's look at just one example of why I used the cheetah image to describe sin. Genesis 4-7 If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, 
Sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. What are you saying, Ken? Sin is alive? No, not possible. Well, if you think so in the face of that scripture, and the fact that the book of Romans personifies sin as well, then you haven't really been in between the teeth of a cheetah. And no, it's not a cheetah, but it is alive like one. I've been bound up by sin so tight that I was sure God was in error when he stated I could be free from it completely. Surely i got to have some friends out there that know what I'm saying. If it is not you, then by all means, don't go getting yourself in the same position that I did so that you can relate to what I'm saying. Avoid it and fill your life up with God. So let's look at God's word and get his take on sin, regardless of what it may be currently doing in your life. Remember, we're all in the same boat. The wind and waves scared everyone in the boat but Jesus. Romans 6.2 Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So does it sound like we have a choice in the matter? I was recently set free from a lifelong struggle with a particular sin. Or more accurately stated, because sin was buried in the grave, it was that God had delivered me from the belief that I could never be set free from this thing. The very thing that Jesus had already set me free from. Yep. And I recently discovered that I'm no longer defined as a sinner by God either. I cannot be if he remembers my sin no more, right? Jeremiah 31:34. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their inequity, and their sins I will remember no more. So it's not a good idea to remind God of any of your past sins, because he doesn't remember them. It's only you that does. And sometimes we get help from the devil to do that. Rebuke him and kick him in the teeth. He has to flee. The slavery of sin. Let's look. Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So there's a couple of things that stand out here. One, there's an old man. That is the old you. The old person. And you died when you were born again. That old man did anyways. And the old man had an appetite for sin, but not the new person. The new person has zero appetite for sin. And then it says here that the body of sin might be done away with. So we still have a choice. There's still some struggle in there if we allow it. It doesn't have to be that way because Jesus' work was final on the cross. Sin was buried. So after so many years of fighting sin... I can say that slavery to it is exactly what it is. So take drinking, for example, or drug use. Addictions are easy to use as illustrations because anyone who has been ensnared in the teeth of a cheetah knows the struggle and the fight when they are made a slave to something. No hope of escape but Jesus. You see how much value the cross has when you get the chains broke off of addictions? Yep, it's free to you. If you're addicted... Get Jesus in your life and get the chains broke. I guarantee you, you'll be free, completely free, totally free of all of those addictions. It's a simple decision, just like the decision to start using drugs was. The difference is, you won't be a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness. It's important to have something to go into when you are coming out of a thing. A slave who gets set free having something brilliant to head into is always more excitedly exuberated than one who remains a slave because of the fear of what freedom might be like without the something to head into thingy. Of this I am talking about heading into Jesus, a life spent with him, priceless. Hebrews 8.11 For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, 
there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Hebrews 10.26 For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. What? Double trouble. You know, I really don't like it when God feels the need to repeat himself. It's like, hey God, it was difficult enough hearing that the first time. Why you gotta say it again and again? I believe in grace when I read this. And because I, like many of you, want to experience what it is to be totally free from all sin. And so it is that I am compelled to believe as if he has no bottom. Okay, so if this wasn't just a little bit disturbing because you've got sin under wraps, let's see what John has to say about the matter. 1 John 3, 1-10 Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. So the first what I come across is that we purify us? I used to think how this seems at times so elusive of a task in these bodies of sin. But in truth, this body, the old man or woman, is crucified with Christ. And in truth, I do not even need to consult it for my life and spiritual decisions. So the more accurate question is, can a dead man sin? Is being sinless possible? Because I am now a new creation, and God is forming me into his likeness and undefiled image again. I believe this to be true which is why I am not stressed about being sinless. I am, and when I hear the pitter-patter of the cheetah's feet, I simply transport to another city. <laughs> I know, right? Believe you me, I absolutely believe that this is possible. You can live sinless. Verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifest to take away our sins. And in him there is no sin. Let me say that again. And in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him or known him. It is stacking up and John's not done yet. John leaves no room for slipping sin in, does he? So before we understand how we can reproduce what Jesus did in our new bodies, we must understand the context of verse 4, which is addressing the unbeliever. It is only a reminder to the believer of where we came from and why we do not want to go back to serving Satan and sin. So still asking how being sinless is possible? John 15:4. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. So it's like this. Jesus used a tree analogy. I'll pick my own fruit. A lime tree cannot bear oranges and an orange tree cannot bear limes. If you're abiding in Jesus, you can't bear sin. You cannot reproduce sin. You're in Jesus. This is what he's talking about. This is how you remain sinless. So if we abide or are connected to Jesus, we will reproduce what Jesus reproduced. He did not sin, so we will not produce it either. As long as we are hooked to him like an IV, we should abide in him always. Break a branch off a fruit tree and it produces no more. It must be attached to the source that allows it to bear fruit. 
The branch cannot bear fruit by extracting nutrition from itself. They must draw from the stock of the tree. Jesus is our perfect stock, so if we abide, that is, remain attached to him, we will bear his fruit. Okay, back to 1 John 3, starting in verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Okay, see it? He is righteous, and we are in him, being and doing the same thing. There is no unrighteousness in him, and as we are found in him, unrighteousness cannot be found in us either. Verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. He who sins is of the devil. No, wait, this must be mistaken identity. Nope, well listen, once you got saved, you became sinless in spirit. Some of your old ways of thinking remain the same. Did he not say to us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Sin is a weapon the devil uses to make your life a mess. Yes, we have an advocate, and his name is Jesus Christ for sure. But this doesn't give us the right, or should give us a want, to sin. Freedom has to be managed from a position of being sober-minded and spiritually mature. Okay, some more new information. I wrote this message quite a while ago and posted it in sections. Now, because I'm always seeking to grow in the Lord, I did actually grow a bit and discovered some long-standing truths that I did not see before. Funny enough, the truth that I discovered deals with all of these pavers discussed in this last part of the original message. Are you laughing yet? This is how a teacher can change their mind on subjects and on what he thinks at the time he writes and releases what he feels is the truth at the time. And this is also why I say that we simply need to get the revelation that we are, not will be or should try to be, but that we actually right now are these very things. Holy, righteousness, sinless, pure, blameless, and much more. You see, our daddy is these things. And therefore, so are we, these things. It is not something we do to gain, for the gaining has been gotten by him at the cross and then given to us. So you know John dropped the devil and the seed bomb at the same time in this verse. I get he who sins is of the devil. Everyone born is initially of the seed of the devil, but Jesus. But we who are now born again come out from under being sinners, active sinners, and we become sinless. Say it. I am sinless. I am sinless. Now you believe it in your heart by not sinning. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's possible. Now as born-again believers, God has a short memory intentionally regarding our sins. He can't see us if we're sinners. I mentioned it before, but allow me to reassure you that if God doesn't remember your sins, then you are technically not a sinner anymore. You are a son of God, a light of lights, a new creation like Jesus. <laughs> I hear the chains breaking off now. That is what revelation and the truth of the word does. This is why Jesus could say in John 8:36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, if you're wrapped up in sin, you're not free, right? So he's saying, I set you free. I made you free. And the way that I did that was I took sin to the grave and left it there. We are free from sin. The title of sin, the father of sin, and any curse is brought on by sin. 
Why do you think Jesus stated in part, By my stripes you are healed? The cross was bigger than sin. It did a Bible worth of things. Though all the things changed when Jesus popped out of his grave, which ultimately became a holding chest for death, hell, sin, disease, every sickness, poverty, anything, and all things dark and evil. Okay, so wait a minute here. We are really and truly free. No matter what the circumstances we find ourselves in, we are free. You see, in the past, they sang while burning on fire at the stakes because they were free. The Christian in prison is freer than the peeps who put him there. Paul worshipped and sang to God while in the belly of a cell. He was free. It was the Roman guards that were in bondage. You see it, my friends? When you practice righteousness, you are practicing what you already are. You cannot practice righteousness and sin at the same time. God is casting so much he should have been a fisherman. Wait a minute, he was. Now let's study the memory of God. Isaiah thirty-eight seventeen. Indeed it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness. But you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. Hebrews eight twelve. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hebrews 10.17 Then he adds, Their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. If he doesn't see your sins, he clearly sees his son in you. John verse 10 In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. John had the most to say about what it looks like to, or rather who, or what a person looks like when they sin. He has provided us enough reason to walk away from any intentional sinning. Not that there is any accidental sin, but perhaps willing to sin is a better direction to take that point. You see, John already stated that if you sin, you are of the devil. But now Jesus stated that I have come to destroy the works of the devil. So he did. First he showed us what it could look like. You know, miracles, signs, and wonders. Casting out demons. And healing the peeps whose sin had allowed the devil to work in their lives. I have said it before and I'll say it again. Everyone born is born into the devil's family except Jesus. Easy to see now that John has told us, Sinners be the devil. So, but when Jesus came around by his death and resurrection, we could not only do all the magic tricks, but we could actually run away from home and join his family. No more being a slave to sin. No more devil control. Alrighty then, on to Peter. So Peter, in 1.23, has something to say both of abiding and of the seed. So if you practice sin, then you have an issue. If you are not practicing sin, i.e. doing it over and over again, then you are abiding. But for those of us who have struggled with certain and specific sins, but are completely disgusted of that sin, you are still in like Flynn. I don't know who Flynn is, but it rhymes, so away we go. Your absolute freedom is one revelatory moment of understanding away. As soon as you see it, bam, you're running so fast for God, even the cheetah can't catch you. So this, yes this, is the Christianity you should be being taught. But not only being taught, but also being shown how to apply these things in your life. But I'm not preaching, so I'm going to get to teaching. Oh wait, remember I told you I have been learning? He is pure, right? Yep. You are in him, right? 
zip, then you are pure, done. <laughs> Don't you wish the process of growth was so quick? Well, I think it could be, but we are the veritable variable. Well, that's it for this message. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding the message, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.